money. It comes with a lot of questions. How do I save? Where should I invest? Can I build wealth to pass on? It's hard to know where to get answers. That's why the people at Fidelity do what they do, to make it easier for you to get information to make better money decisions. It's what they've built their business on. They've got articles and videos, tips and apps, and insights and perspectives that make planning, saving, and investing a little less stressful. And when you want to talk it through, there's a real person on the other end with real answers. Helping people is what they do. And they can help you too. Help you buy a home, save for your kid's education, start a business, support your community, and feel more confident about the future. Want to learn more? Visit Fidelity online at fidelity.com slash black wealth. Ernest, what's up? Look, I want to put you on to something that's been making waves in the personal finance world. If you've been relying on Mint to manage your finances, I got some news that might startle you at first. Mint is no more. But hold on, because every cloud has its silver lining. And in this case, that lining is Monarch Money. For those of us searching for a robust, user-friendly alternative, Monarch Money is stepping up to the plate. And from personal experience, it's hitting a home run. Let's get personal for a moment. Managing finances can be a maze of confusion, stress, and time consumption. Believe me, I've been there, jumping from one finance app to another, hoping to find that one platform that simplifies everything. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design transformed my approach to managing finances. What truly sets Monarch apart for me, though, is its collaboration feature. With money being a top Discord trigger for many couples, the ability to seamlessly manage finances with my wife has been a game changer. No extra costs, just shared goals and clarity. But Monarch isn't just about managing your current finances, it's about building your future. Saving for that dream house, your wedding, or a once-in-a-lifetime vacation becomes not just a possibility, but a reality with Monarch's intuitive tools. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal held it as the best app for savings growth. Monarch Money represents the next evolution in personal finance apps. It's an ad-free haven where your experience is the priority, constantly refined based on real user feedback. It's everything we've been asking for, intuitive, powerful, and relentlessly focused on user satisfaction. Now, for a bit more practicality, Monarch makes transitioning from Mint a breeze ensuring you can bring all your tags and categories with you. It's intuitive design, customization options, and commitment to privacy and an ad-free experience make it stand out in the sea of competitors. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash leisure. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash leisure for your extended 30-day free trial. Earners, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor 
or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, the real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. One of the things that I learned from the first business that I took into the second one was the power of building audience and community and then serving them, right? A lot of entrepreneurs get an idea for a product or, or something and they rush to build that, they rush to do that, and then they go try to find an audience to sell it to. My advice would revert be to reverse engineer that, right? So before I dropped, before we actually launched, I had 10,000 names on my email list. I had 5,000 names on my SMS list. Um, as we were building out the, the Instagram and the, and the social presence, it was more so about what this brand was about, what it was going to stand for, um, and showing the audience the... Um, and I was showing mock-ups, and people were just resonating with it because it spoke to them. My graduates from my school being Forbes, backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> A mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. All right, guys. Welcome back, EYL. This is going to be a dope conversation. Uh, actively black. This is somebody that we we got introduced to the brand. I think Kwame Uncle. Yeah, like two years ago. Kwame. Yeah. yeah. He uh, he introduced us to the brand, and then um, we got the merchandise—the <laughs> biggest package of merchandise that I've ever seen from a brand. I said, "Wait, yeah. what is this?" Um, but what's happened is that they've been actually progressively like climbing up the the rankings of this whole situation. Yeah, um, you probably seen them being war. I, I see the list of celebrities that have uh, championed the brand from yeah. Steph Curry. To Pinky Cole, Megan Good, Steve Harvey, uh, Deion Sanders, Cam Newton, um, Damon John, a bunch of people. And then a lot of the NIL deals, especially with the Sanders family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shiloh Sanders, Shador Sanders, Travis Hunter, mm -hmm. our guy, yeah. uh, Deja Kelly. Somebody's been down in Jackson. Well, somebody's in Colorado now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to... We're gonna be in that cold for a little bit. <laughs> so it's a, it's a. I guess the best way to describe it is a athletic wear brand. Athleisure, oh, athleisure, athleisure sports apparel. Yeah, Af athleisure sports apparel. So it's a dope conversation from starting, growing the brand, um, VC because you guys took some VC money as well, right? So that leads into that conversation with the seed rounds, different things of nature, collaborations with Fubu. Um, collaborations with the Muhammad Ali estate, 
bunch of different things that's happening. So congrats on that, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate that, that's, it. We that's, actually just that's like breaking news. Official today. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I just yeah, saw you. Yeah. I just saw the post. Multi-year deal with the Muhammad Ali estate. Yeah, we got. Let's, we got to get yeah. into that. Yeah. So um, yeah, we got the CEO Lanny Smith. Yes, sir. Um, thank you for joining us. Appreciate. No, it. Appreciate you for having me, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's been it's been a long time coming. Yeah, man. Um, it's funny you say two years ago when Kwame introduced you. That's literally when he introduced the brand before we even got started. We mm -hmm. just made two years on, on Black Friday this past Black Friday. So we're we're a brand that's twenty five months years old, man. Twenty five months old. So yeah. yeah, I feel like we've been in text conversation probably for about a year of that. About that, yeah. And I'm like, yo, we coming to LA? When we we coming? We coming? We coming? It's like, yo, man, I just did this deal. What you think now? I'm like, yo, bro, it's coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about it, man. Um, a lot of people start clothing brands. Um, but you, like I said, you've actually been able to reach success and you're reaching more success. And you've been able to raise money and everything. But take us back to the beginning. What's the idea to start the brand and what's the yep. beginning things that you did to get the brand off the ground? Yeah, well, this is actually my second one. Um, the first brand I launched is called Active Faith. Uh, launched that back in 2011. Um, my, my two business partners in that were Steph Curry and, and Anthony Tolliver. Um, How'd you get those guys? Man, so I'm a former basketball player, man. Um, Where'd you play? Excuse me? Where'd you play? Man, I played at the University of Houston um, and finished up with the Sacramento Kings. I... Um, I tore my knee up 33 days after signing my first NBA contract. Mm. Uh, so, you know, something that was a dream for me since I was five years old. Um, chased that dream. Like I said, played my college basketball at the University of Houston um, and had that opportunity to, to play in the NBA. And um, that was a devastating moment for me, but it en ended up being pivotal and what led me to doing what I'm doing today. Um, so, I mean, uh, Jay-Z has this, this lyric where he says, if, if uh, you would have told him that Hove would sell clothing, not in this lifetime, wasn't in my right mind. Um, that that lyric, I mean, if there's anything that describes, you know, my experience and my testimony, um, that would be it because there's no way that I thought I'd be sitting here talking to you guys about a clothing brand. Um, I was one of those guys where it was NBA or bust. You know, I didn't have a plan B. I thought I was going to play in the league for 10, 12 years, take care of my family, hopefully take care of a few people in my neighborhood and, and – um, that would be my legacy, you know what I mean? But God had a different plan for me. So um, the first brand, man, I um, it, it from that injury, man, I was in practice. A guy fell into my knee, tore the articular cartilage in my left knee. I had two microfracture surgeries and my career was over with just like that. So I'm back home in Houston, where I'm from. Shout out H-Town, by the way. Um, yeah, number one in the country? Man. Number two? Yeah, we number three right number now. Three. We, okay. we, we, we lost, you know, last game, number three. But um. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm back home in Houston. I'm a grown man. I'm broke, living at home with my mother. And um, it was it was embarrassing for me to leave the house because every time I'm I'm somewhere, somebody's like, yo, that's Lanny Smith, the basketball player. Ain't you supposed to be in the league? Thought you was in the NBA. And I'm at home, broke, you know, not knowing what I'm going to do ne next for my life. So um, I was praying, man. I asked God to, to give me some guidance. And I literally said this prayer. I said you're going to take this game away from me. I'm begging you to show me what you want me to do with my life. And it was probably a week after that, that I had this idea uh, to create a sports apparel brand that was faith-based. That's how the first brand came to be, Active Faith. Uh, growing up as an athlete, I was privy to all the best of the best when it comes to sports apparel. And um, 
you know, when I thought about my passions in life, my faith was always important to me. Sports was always important to me. So I was like, maybe this would be a cool way to put those passions together to create this sports apparel brand that was faith-based, had these faith-based messages. So that's how the first one started, man. And um, just through those relationships, the basketball world is very small, man. So, um, you know, Steph, I've been friends with Steph for, what is it, 12, 13 years now. Um, obviously, he's a man of faith. So when I was talking to him about this brand that I was getting ready to start that was going to be faith-based, he wanted to be a part of it. So, um, yeah, that's how that first one got started. And then what what were the issues with the first one? Why that didn't work out? Oh, it worked. It's, it's still working. Still, I still have still that one. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We still got that one. Active Faith has done over $20 million, wow. um in revenue. Um, we've got customers in 75 different countries, all e-com. It's the first of its kind. Of faith you push that? For a brand. You push that? Because I've seen this pushed a lot. Is that being pushed in a different channel? Yeah, it's got it's got its own Instagram. It's got its own website. It's completely separate. Um, you know, I don't I don't have kids yet, but I I would imagine it's like you know you you having a, a newborn. It's got to take all of your attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. Active Faith has been going since 2011. Um, I've got a partner that's still making sure you know running all the day to day with that. Uh, but when I had the vision for Actively Black, and once this thing got started, man, it was a it was a snowball. So I've had to give it you know my my full attention to make sure that we grow this thing the right way. So I want I want to go back to a little bit, right? Because yep. embarrassed to come out understandable from a standpoint like you, you're the man in the town and now you've had this injury that's devastated you. you didn't have any income but you had an idea how did you go from idea to actually creating the the brand itself like what was the manufacturing process yeah. did who gave you you know what i mean like yeah. what was that process like yeah man it's funny um all your different experiences in life how you can look back and you see where you know god was orchestrating things or where these different relationships will come back into play so in 2008 I was invited to go on the NBA Asia tour. And so um, they took, you know, a bunch of us, we went and played games in the Philippines and China um, and, um, and Korea. And when we were in China, we actually went on this tour. They took us on this tour of some factories. Mm. And, you know, most of the guys wasn't paying any attention to the, the tour guide. I'm asking questions. And um, the dude ended up uh, befriending me on Facebook at the time. And so, when I had the injury and I had this idea, the first thing I did was I went to Facebook and I hit my guy up and I was like, yo, I need the best of the best. I need like real sports apparel. I'm not talking about buying blanks and t-shirts and printing on them. I need moisture wicking, high quality performance apparel. Can you point me in the right direction? And that relationship that we have formed when I was over there in China helped to come back and, um, and, and help me to find my first factory at the time. Uh, to get the samples and everything that I needed. I knew I wanted this to be um, premium performance fabrics. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I knew I had to go get it, you know, from the source, you know, uh, Frank Lucas style. So um, <laughs> it sounds like Frank. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, and then I tell people all the time, man, I, I, I went to YouTube University. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I was a kinesiology major at the University of Houston. So I had no background in design, right. clothing, the only job I ever had was playing basketball. You know what I'm saying? So um, I went to YouTube and I was just religiously looking up everything I could. Um, man, I remember Googling how to come up with a company name. You know what I mean? And I, lit and I remember the article was saying to make columns of words that described what your brand was going to be about. And literally, you know, active and faith were next to each other in this column of, of, of words that I was trying to figure out what the name for the first company was going to be. 
And when I thought about active faith and the double entendre of it being an activewear brand, wanting to be active, but also knowing that uh, what, act, what activates your faith is is you you actually have to put forth action. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People talk about manifestation and they talk about speaking things into existence, but it's the action that actually unlocks, um, you know, a lot of these blessings. So, man, um, I, I was on there um, looking up videos, how to build your own website. Because at the time I'm looking up, you know, who, who am I going to hire to build a website? And I'm looking, they charging 10, 15, $20,000 to build a website. I don't have no money. So I'm like, I got to, I got to figure out how to do this myself. Um, so I taught myself to code my own website, um, taught myself how to use Photoshop and Illustrator. Like I said, I don't come from a design background, so I'm just figuring out how to create mock-ups just to, just to get the ideas out of my head and, and, and get them visually um, onto a platform. And really, that was, that was the start of it, man. Yeah, so when you get the first product, all right, the next thing is how do you market it? Are, are you thinking at yourself, do I need a brick and mortar or is this like, I'm going to solely e-commerce this thing and get it in the right hands? Yeah, yeah. so um, in the beginning with Active Faith, I, I, there were two big Christian sports apparel, I mean, Christian retailers at the time, Family Christian and Lifeway. I'm thinking once I pitched them this idea, they picking me up, we launch and we gone. They all told me they'd never heard of Christian sports apparel before. Mm-hmm. So they were like, this isn't going to work. So I actually went the e-commerce route um, by necessity, but it ended up being a blessing. You know what I mean? Um, I, I utilized my existing network. Uh, the funny thing, the thing that actually put Act of Faith on the map that uh, gave us our first big exposure was, um, you guys remember Lynn Sanity? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, of so Jeremy's one, a close friend of mine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and um, he was wearing wristbands from my company. So I got these wristbands that said Act of Faith. The tagline was, in Jesus' name I play. Instead, in Jesus' name, I pray. The tagline is Jesus' name, I play. And so I was sending these wristbands out to all the basketball players that I knew that would understand this concept of a faith-based sports apparel brand. Um, Jeremy was one of them. He was in the, the D-League at the time when I first got him the wristbands. And um, the Rockets called him up. We met for lunch, gave him some wristbands. They cut him. The Knicks called him up, but he's at the end of the bench. Nobody, I mean, nobody saw that coming. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was two weeks after the Knicks had signed him. They came back in town to play the Rockets. We went to lunch again. I was like, yo, let me give you these orange wristbands to match the Knicks uniform. And it was probably two weeks after that. I think Baron Davis got hurt. Whoever, whoever the two-point guards were that were in front of him got hurt, and yeah. he was forced into this role. Um, and you know what happened when, with the insanity. And so he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated, Time Magazine, ES, everything you could think of laying the ball up and you see active faith and you see these wristbands on his wrist. I mean, you go look at it right now, look up any picture, you're going to see him wearing um, these wristbands. And um, man, USA Today reached out to do a story on it. Next thing I know, my website crashing because everybody in America was trying to get these wristbands that he was wearing. And then we were getting all this traffic from China and Taiwan. So um, first year out the gate with active faith, we did 300,000 in revenue off wristbands. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, um, man, that's how I got started, man. And then, you know, having that uh, initial audience that saw the wristbands when I introduced the apparel, it just kind of, you know, did its thing. We went from three hundred thousand to to it jumped from three hundred thousand to one point five million to six million to eight and a half million. Like it was something that was just moving at a speed that, um, you know. To this day, it's, it's it's hard to really put it into words what was happening. I mean, I had I had friends at my mom's house 
filling orders. You know, my mom's house, I turned her mom, my mom's house into an order fulfillment facility, you know what I'm saying? And um, was feeding my friends pizza to help have them come over and help me fill orders. So, yeah, that's that's how the first thing got off the ground. So, um, all right. So you get that going. Yep. You're taking that money and then starting with Actively Black. Is that how that started? Man, so um, so like I said, so Steph was my business partner also. And at the time, you got to remember, it, he wasn't the guy that everybody sees now. You yeah. know what I mean? He, the, a lot of people don't realize those ankle injuries and the surgeries that he had that second year in the league you could be looking at a Grant Hill trajectory with Steph versus mm -hmm. what, what he's on. So, man, the people wasn't checking for him like that, but he was rocking with me. He was rocking with the brand. Same thing with him. He gets healthy. He wins multiple MVPs. To this day, he doesn't play a game without wearing his active faith wristband. He still wears them every single game. Um, but I was having some personal uh, experiences that were challenging what I was doing with active faith. Um, so I hid myself from people knowing who the founder of Active Faith was. Uh, in fact, my my Instagram was private up until I launched Actively Black, my personal Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, over 60% of my, my customer base for Active Faith are evangelical Christians, which in this country could be synonymous with racist. I didn't want them to know that it was this black man who was behind the brand. And um, so you couldn't find my name on the website. I wasn't on the social media, none of that. And that started to bother me internally. You know what I mean? My my mother and my father raised me to be proud of my blackness. That's something that was taught to me at a very early age. And here it is. I, you know, I bounced back from an injury that ended my NBA career, built a multi-million dollar business out of my mom's house. And I'm afraid to, sh to even show that this is me. You know what I'm saying? And um, I had instances where Customers would call, you know, entrepreneur, you're in the beginning, you're wearing all the hats, I'm doing customer service. A customer was like, you sound like you black. And I was like, I am. They immediately asked for a refund. Um, I had experiences where there were people wanting to invest in active faith and um, would write in, go back and forth over email. We would set up an in-person meeting and I'll never forget like walking into that room and seeing the looks on their faces like, oh, damn, he's black. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I saw it in their faces and all of a sudden those conversations about investing in the brand completely went quiet. You know what I mean? And so I was, I was already having this internal struggle with um, who I am as a black man and how I was hiding myself from this brand. So um, I started having this idea, if I could build this brand for this faith-based community, can I do the same thing for my people, for black people? Um, and, um, you know, to this day, I get I get emails from active faith customers who were going through chemotherapy and they were saying, I felt like giving up, but I wore my active faith wristband or I wore my active faith hoodie to chemo today and it gave me the strength to keep fighting. That let me know that what I was building was bigger than just another apparel brand. Like this meant something to somebody intrinsically. This was uh, having an effect on somebody's life. And so I wanted to do that same thing for black people. Um, and really the catalyst to me finally deciding to do it, 2018, the movie Black Panther comes out. And I remember walking out of the theater for the first time. And I just remember that feeling that I felt, man, it was, it was, uh, it was unbelievable, um, to see like the diaspora come together. You know what I'm saying? You mm -hmm. saw 
African, black, Jamaican, whatever you were. If you were black, you you felt something the first time you saw that film. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna create that brand, and and I want people to have the feeling that I had walking out of the theater watching Black Panther for the first time. I want them to have that feeling when they when they interact with with this brand. Um, Act of Faith kept me plenty busy. I moved out to LA six months before the pandemic shut the whole city down. And so I told myself, I'm not gonna let this time pass without birthing something new. And, um, you know, we all witnessed the murder of George Floyd and the aftermath and everything that happened after that. And so I started to see all these brands. I saw Nike, you know, Adidas, everybody make these declarations about what they were gonna do for the black community after the murder of George Floyd. And to me, it felt very performative. It felt like this was just part of their new marketing strategy because outside of the pandemic, the stuff that's been happening to black people has been happening for centuries, for decades, and none of these brands had ever said anything. So why are y'all saying something now? And finally, that's when I decided I wasn't going to put this idea on the shelf anymore. Um, Inc. Magazine called me to do a story on Active Faith for Juneteenth. They were looking for a black founder <laughs> to do a Juneteenth story on. And I said, I'll do the story, but I want to talk about this new thing that I'm going to launch. And so I announced it in that article, that Inc. Magazine article on Juneteenth. And on Black Friday, 2020, I launched Actively Black. So now that people know that you're black and you're running Actively Faith, has that affected the company? Um, I've had some, I've had some detractors, you know what I mean? Um, but I've also had people who, who have decided to support because of those detractors. They're like, you know, we want to support this, this black entrepreneur. Um, and, and, and then also the brand awareness, the brand equity that had already, had already been built over so many years. A lot of people attribute this to being Steph Curry's brand or, you know, the brand that Jeremy Lin was wearing. So I'm not as, as, as visible for active faith as I am for actively black. Is there a level of fulfillment that you, that you have now knowing that? Cause even when I watch your Instagram now, it's like, I feel it's like unapologetically, like, and I, from what you're telling me, the story of the the prior business was like, I had to hide it. This time I'm I'm overcompensated and I'm going to be unapologetic about it in everything I do. Because when I see you post, I'm like, I, I feel I feel the power in it. I wouldn't say overcompensating. My 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 personal Instagram was just private. Mm. I've been talking this way my whole life. I've right. been this way okay. the whole time. People just outside of who didn't didn't know me personally who who I allowed to follow me on my personal Instagram, they didn't, they didn't know. Mm-hmm. But everybody who knows me, they're like, oh, that's, that's, that's Ben Landon. You, you scroll back through my Instagram, you're going to see the same thing. I've always been this way. It's just more visible and more public now. Do you, I mean, do you, how does that feel now, right? Because you've, you've launched Active yep. Black and it's successful. Yep. Like, we, like we said, you mentioned a list of people that are actually engaged with the brand and have been supporting it, as opposed to just having the monetary success from uh, Active Faith. Is there a difference in, in the way that you are personally taking this on now? 100%. Um, 100%. I mean, because the funny thing is, I feel like we're building this in a way that hasn't been built before, um, especially in this in this particular industry where there's been a lack of black ownership and, and representation. Um, and in this industry that has profited heavily from mm-hmm. black culture, from black athletes, from the black community but I felt like hadn't adequately reinvested back in the black community. So there is a sense of pride of seeing this be successful. Um, not only because I believe that it would, it would uh, be successful, but I'm also proving people wrong. Man, I had black people telling me actively black wouldn't work. I had black people telling me 
man, if you put black in the name, it's going to prevent us from being successful. Um, so there were a lot of people that I initially told about the idea for Actively Black that now are looking at me like, damn, it, he, it, it, it works. You know what I'm saying? And um, I have I have a little grace for for some of those that didn't believe. A lot of them come from corporate backgrounds where blackness is suppressed. Um, I got friends at Nike, at Adidas, at Jordan Brand. I got friends that work in all those different places. And they can't authentically be themselves where they where they are, and so their doubt or them not believing, it just it stems from their experiences of you know what they've had to do to try to move up in the on the corporate ladder. I, I've never I've never been corporate. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I was a basketball player that that went straight into entrepreneurship. So I didn't have those same limits to my thinking as far as what actively black was going to be, and um, <clears throat> and I knew. I knew once I, once people saw the, the 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 quality and understood that when I say uh, I used to tell people we're getting ready to build the black Nike and they would laugh. Then I send them some gear and they're like, "Oh shit, this this feels like my Nike or this feels like my Lululemon or this feels like my Jordan." And um, so now some of those some of those doubters are turning into believers. So all right, so you made uh, two point three million in the first twelve months. Yeah, that was done through mostly like online sales. Like, what, what was all ecom? All ecom. I knew that I I needed to cultivate this audience that I could reach, you know, online through social media. And one of the things that I learned from the first business that I took into the second one was the power of building audience and community, and then serving them. Right. A lot of entrepreneurs get an idea for a product or or something, and they rush to build that. They rush to do that, and then they go try to find an audience to sell it to my advice would revert be to reverse engineer that, right? So before I dropped, before we actually launched, I had 10,000 names on my email list. I had 5,000 names on my SMS list. Um, as we were building out the the Instagram and the, and the social presence, it was more so about what this brand was about, what it was going to stand for, um, and showing the audience the... Um, and I was showing mock-ups, and people were just resonating with it because it spoke to them. By the time we launched, um, give you an example, we did a 300,000 that first uh, year of Active Faith. We did 300,000 probably the first first two months of Actively Black. There were so many people who were waiting mm. for what we were providing. So by the time it was time for launch date, they they, they came at it. And, and actually, I was underprepared for the um, the support well, that when came. Talk about that. So the first year is 2.3. Yep. Year two was 5.6 million in revenue. Yep. But you said you missed out on 8 million due to demand growing way faster than inventory. So talk about that. Man, so I've been playing catch up since day one. Um, the initial inventory that I bought for Actively Black, I thought would last me the first three months. It sold out in the first three weeks. Mm. Um, so I've literally been playing catch up from day one. Uh, but I didn't know how how fast this demand was going to grow. Um, so there's a data analytics company called Singuli, black founder, black CEO. They specialize in um, analyzing the your backend data on your ecom site, and they they provide this for small startups, mid size small businesses, 
you know, because Nike, all these other brands, they've got entire departments that are that are analyzing this data so they can make the decisions for inventory and things like that. Um, they did an audit on my site and he came back and he um, he called me and he said, man, you know, I'm the, I'm the founder of this company. I normally don't, I normally am not on these calls. I have somebody that makes these calls for me. But when I saw your backend analytics and what's going on, I had to reach out and call you because I haven't seen these numbers since I was at, at Birchbox. I don't know if y'all are familiar with Birchbox. It was one of the most successful, um, what do you call it? The uh, subscription uh, subscription businesses, subscription boxes. They went from zero to 200 million in two years. And <clears throat> and so, and he was there at Birchbox. Mm -hmm. So he hit me. He's like, I haven't seen these types of numbers since I was at Birchbox. And you need to sit down when I tell you how much revenue you missed out on. And so he went through everything, went through the, the the deck and the presentation. And he was like, you missed out on 8 million on the low end because we noticed when you sold out of these certain things, you also turned off your advertising for them. So if you had kept your advertising going and the type of return that you were getting on it, you would have done well more, you would have done way more than 8 million. We're just telling you base level, you lost, you missed out on $8 million of revenue, not having enough inventory to support the demand. So, um, when, when you think of those types of numbers, um, are you guys familiar with Gymshark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Gymshark just became a unicorn last year. They're valued at $1.6 billion. Um, another e-com, direct-to-consumer, athleisure wear brand, mm -hmm. their niche audience is the gym heads who are in the, you know, in the gym yeah. seven days out of the week. Um, and uh, their founder started that company nine years ago. Yeah, I had no idea who they were. And then... We were walking the streets in London and walked past, and I'm like, "They're based in the UK." Yeah, like, wait, I've never seen or heard this brand, but I just kept seeing that the store was flooded. But they had like classes inside the store. I'm yep. like, "Oh, wait, this makes perfect sense." I'm yep. gonna buy the clothes and then work out, and I'm right in the same space. And that's their first store; is their flagship store there? Mm -hmm. Everything that they've done before then was all e-com, direct to consumer. Mm -hmm. And so, um, the reason why I bring them up is they were a brand that I looked at as my as my north star in getting this thing started. Because um, when I would tell people, man, we could build in the black Nike, it's, it's hard for them to fathom that. They can't They can't envision that. Um, I actually encourage everybody to read Shoe Dog if you haven't. Shoe Dog is the memoir written by Phil Knight, okay, yep. founder of Nike. And he's talking about those early days, those beginning days when he's selling shoes out his trunk at track meets. People can't fathom Nike that way, right? You, you see this big machine that's been that way for 50 years now. But it started with Phil Knight, and he had he had inventory in his mom's house, and he was selling track shoes at track meets out of his trunk. So when I tell people we building the next the, the black Nike, um, we're just I'm I'm just I'm just at the track selling the shoes out the trunk right now. They can't see the vision that that I have for this. You know what I'm saying? So, but Gymshark, the reason why I made that one to one comparison is. Uh, their founder, Ben Francis, did the same thing. He started this out of his apartment, did it with e-com, did it with social media, did it with the influencers. And um, our first 24 months, those... Earners, what's up? Look, I want to give y'all a little peek behind the curtain of producing Earn Your Leisure. It's a lot more than just sitting down and chatting. It involves meticulous planning, recording, editing, and then promoting each episode to ensure it reaches all of you. And if you picked up any of our merch, then you know there's a whole extra layer of logistics from inventory management to shipping. Running a podcast is like running a small business. 
And speaking of business, I know many of you entrepreneurs are involved in e-commerce. You understand how crucial it is to streamline operations and cut costs wherever possible. That's why I want to talk to you about ShipStation, the multi-carrier shipping solution that integrates seamlessly with all your online sales channels. It's all about optimizing your shipping, connecting with expert partners, and freeing up more of your time to focus on scaling your business. Now let's talk about our experience with ShipStation. This tool has been a game changer for us, especially with automating routine tasks. Being able to manage everything from one dashboard and print shipping labels with just a click, absolute lifesavers. Plus, the discounts we get on shipping costs are incredible. Honestly, it feels like we're saving thousands. And as our show and merch sales have grown, ShipStation's robust automation and reporting features have helped us keep up without missing a beat. For those of you who get overwhelmed by order volumes, ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard is a dream come true. You can import orders from any sales channel, apply shipping preferences automatically, and handle customer service issues right there. Not to mention the savings with up to 89% off carrier rates like UPS, DHL Express, and USPS. It's no wonder over 130,000 companies stick with ShipStation long-term. So, are you ready to turn your shipping challenges into growth opportunities? Head over to ShipStation.com and use promo code EARN for a free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code EARN. Start streamlining your shipping and scaling your business today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Earners, what's up? Look, today I want to talk to you about something that's been on my mind, a real weight on my shoulders. You know, we all have these moments, big or small, that just stick with us. When we don't talk about these things, then they can start to affect our lives in unexpected ways. That's why having a space to express these feelings is so important. I know firsthand the benefits of therapy. It's been transformative for my friends and family. Therapy can help you learn crucial skills like setting boundaries and developing coping strategies. It's not just about dealing with major events. It's also about enhancing your day-to-day life, allowing you to become the best version of yourself. So if you've been thinking about therapy, BetterHelp can be a great option for you. It's entirely online, which makes it super convenient and adaptable to your busy schedule. You start by filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can even switch therapists at any time if you feel the need without any additional cost. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash earnyourleisure today to get 10% off your first month. Remember, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash earnyourleisure. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Head over there now. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Numbers are blowing their first 24 months out the water while missing out on $8 million in revenue. So if you think about their trajectory of creating a billion-dollar athleisure wear brand in nine years, and I'm telling you my numbers are better than that, and I missed out on $8 million, that's why I'm telling you 
that's why I know what, what we're getting ready to build. When, when you spoke about inventory, what, what was the difference in the products? Because when you're trying to create Actively Black, obviously you want to differentiate from the other brand. I know we had wristbands with the other yep. products. How did you sit down to come up with the list and say, all right, well, this is going to be specifically for this brand, these products in this line is specifically for that one? They're all, they're all very similar. I'd say the only difference is I elevated the materials on Actively Black. And um, and then the messaging, the messaging and the branding. But other than that, they're very similar. So it's like the premium. 100%. Wow. So, all right. Talk about, um, so at what point do you decide it's a good idea to raise money? And um, talk about the process of raising money. Because like I said, I know you had Kwame Anku. Yep. been on the yep. show. Um, black Star Fund. It's a black venture capital fund. And then Rich Dennis. Yep. Um, who... Invest in a variety of different companies. Yeah, we, we spoke to Rich Dennis a few days ago. He said, if it's black and it's business, I'm in it. Yo, man, shout out to both of them. One, Kwame, um, it became, you know, the cool thing to invest in black after 2020. Kwame's been doing this long before that, you know what I mean? And he was the first money in off of a conversation, to be honest with you. I told him the vision for Actively Black. He put in 50000 before before I had the website up. So, um, you know, shout out to Kwame for believing in the vision from from the jump. And then, um, man, to be honest, my journey with with uh, raising capital hasn't been traditional, and it, and it, and it hasn't been um, what 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 most people have to go through with doing that. I've been very fortunate, very blessed. Um, I had a friend of mine who is the founder of Solo Funds. Uh, Rodney Williams, shout out to Rodney, man, um, doing incredible things as another black founder. And he, uh, Rich Dennis had already invested in his company and he was going over to uh, Rich's house for Christmas. And I was like, bro, I got this actively black hoodie and joggers. Just take this with you, man. Just gift it to him. I'm not making no pitch. I just want him to see what I'm building. And to Rodney's credit, man, he was like, man, give it to me. I'm going to take it to him. And a week later, he was like, yo, Rich loves your stuff, man. He wants to meet you. He set up a meeting. I came over to Rich's house and, um, man, we sat right there on at his, his kitchen table. And I told him my vision. I told him what I was trying to build. And he laughed at me. He said, man, you remind me of myself 30 years ago. And um, after that, he, he said, I'm, I'm going to make sure you get an invite to my entrepreneur assembly. Man, what can I what can I actually say about about that um, that I can share? I'll just say this much: Rich is one of those people who's really about this thing. When people talk about investing in Black, um, empowering Black founders, he has an assembly every year that he allows Black founders to to pitch. Um, it's a combination of Shark Tank meets Gladiator <laughs> because uh, you up there in front of in front of a lot of powerful people um, and they they throw you in the fire. Um, I went and I pitched and Rich stood up and said, man, I'm going to take your whole first round. Mm. So we closed our Series A in April of 2022. Um, $7 million. Invested $7 million. And how, much, how much of the equity is that? So we did it at uh, a 32 post uh, valuation. So... Gave up a little less, a little less than twenty four percent on that. And so, the idea of did you have to take the money, or did you feel like um, 
what was your even thought process of, yep. of of even going down that path? Was it to just do it faster, or were you like really in need of capital? Um, I understood through a lot of the struggles that I went through with Active Faith that I did need that next level capital. So I told you those numbers for Active Faith. Those numbers, those numbers for Active Faith would be triple if I had if I had the capital to do what I needed to do with those things. A lot of the things that I'm experiencing with Actively Black, I already experienced before with Active Faith. The my best year with Active Faith, we did eight and a half million that year, and my website was sold out for almost four months of that year. So that lets you know what I could have done. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The um the cycle of the inventory that's been a challenge, right? Because I'm not going and buying blank t-shirts and hoodies and printing on them. Everything we got is is made from scratch. Like they're sourcing the material, they're cutting and sewing it, all the embellishments. Um, so that type of production in Asia, it's going to take 30 to 45 days just to make it. You know what I mean? And so that cycle of selling through something and then trying to get it back as fast as possible to meet that demand um, was tough. And when you are just flipping your profits and waiting until, you know, you sell through something, I'm going to flip this profit. You need that that infusion of capital, um, not only to plan further ahead and buy more inventory, but then also to to be able to like grow your team um, and and reinvest into the marketing and advertising and all those things that, that, can, that can grow your brand. So I knew what I was trying to build with Actively Black. I knew how much not having that extra capital stifled some of the growth of active faith. So I was like, man, let's let let's go do it, man. And it's uh it's it's been been beneficial. It's it's allowing us to start scaling in a way that I know most black businesses struggle to do without getting that outside capital. Yeah, so you're you're building the brand and obviously you had that opportunity to see what it looks like with with the first one, <clears throat> not make the mistakes with the second one. But you launched this during the pandemic. And so you're you're sending out the, the merchandise to get made in China while you're taking orders. And you said you've been playing from behind since day one. So what was the impact that that had on the business and yeah. now coming out of it, what has that been like from a, a supply issue? Yeah, so uh, funny part is I knew about COVID and what was getting ready to happen months before like everybody in America realized what was going on because of my relationship with my factories and yeah. stuff in China. I had people telling me like, yo, stuff is shutting down over here. And I'm talking to one of them. They're sh- they were illegally in their country because, you know, their government's different. They were showing me stuff of how many people were dying every day. They were showing me, you know, all of what was going on. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is happening in China. I didn't, I didn't expect this thing to become the global pandemic that it did. Um, but I also knew that what was going to happen when things shut down athleisure wear has become this thing that it's not just for in the gym and working out people traveling in it people want to relax in it um and most athleisure wear brands actually saw a spike during the pandemic we saw that lululemon nike yeah 100 percent. even even outside of the apparel space you know your your pelotons anybody who was kind of in that space you actually saw a spike during that time Mm so um the initial inventory i had already ordered before things had started shutting down getting those reorders, that's where things were delayed. And that's why I was missing out on so much revenue because it was taking so long to restock the things that were sold out. Yeah, so you really didn't have an accurate, this is year two. So you haven't really had an accurate two to three year 
span of seeing like what the business really could be. At all. <laughs> At all. I'm this year moving forward from today, moving forward will be the first opportunity I actually have to really see what my real demand is and actually meet it. Because uh, we just we just been behind so much. And but the thing is, we've had all these multiplying factors that are pushing that uh, meeting that demand uh, further and further away. So when you're talking about, you know, in February, last February, you know, we talking about Black History Month. We were the only black on brand present at the Winter Olympics. We outfitted Team Nigeria at the Winter Olympics last February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when people see that and and not just not just being there, not just showing up, but People Magazine ranked the top um, the top outfits of for, for the opening ceremony for the Olympics. We came in number four. There's 85 countries. And you on the same global stage with Nike, Adidas, everybody else, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Actively Black was number four out of 85 countries. And so that type of exposure explodes the demand. Then you have things like, you know, Barack Obama wearing Actively Black I, I, watch. I was, I was going there. I was going, because the first time that Kwame yeah. sent us a text message, it was, you got to see this brand. Oh, Barack Obama's wearing the watch too. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. okay, so how did, how did that relationship even like how did that happen? Yeah. Um make sure I be I'm careful with my words, what I what I can say. Um so I had this I had this um I have this notebook that has all my I, I write everything down, all my visions, all my ideas, all my dreams. And I've got this actively black notebook and I was as we were heading towards launch, I was writing down all the people that I thought this brand needed to be on or who needed to wear this brand or who would be a great brand ambassador for Actively Black, right? So I've got this list of people and I wrote down Michelle Obama. And in my mind, I was like, only thing that would be bigger than Beyonce's Ivy Park with Adidas is if Michelle Obama had her own activewear line with a Black-owned brand. When you think about what her brand was at the White House, it was getting people moving getting people fit, getting people healthier, especially our community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's that's one of the missions for Actively Black is to, you know, get our, our people in our community healthier. So I was like, she would be the perfect brand ambassador for Actively Black. Um, I've got a couple of friends. I'll just say this much. I've got a couple of friends that worked in the administration. And when I told them my idea, they were like, you crazy. That ain't gonna never happen. So just leave that alone. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I just, I was, I was begging him, begging him, begging him, like, yo, just, just send the gear to him. That's all I'm asking. Just send the gear to him. And they eventually like, that's all we're doing. We're just going to send it to him. That's all we're doing. And when they got the gear, um, I got a letter from President Barack Obama, um, probably three weeks later. And when I read it, I, I, I saw that he understood what I was building. Cause he didn't say, thank you for the package. The gear was nice. He was like, the mission of this brand to uplift and reinvest back into the black community is an important one. And we love the gear, you know what I'm saying? And so that started that relationship. Um, and, um, you know, I've been, I'll say this much. We are kind of all standing orders, you know, whenever a new collection or a new product drops, make sure we get it to them. And they requested some gear for Christmas I just, we had just got the samples in for the Actively Black watch and I just, I, I just threw it in, you know, as a Christmas gift. Wasn't expecting to actually wear it. You know, this is a man who wears Rolexes, APs. He's got, he's got, you know, everything at his disposal. So, um, 
on January 1st, New Year's, when uh, the Queen, Michelle Obama, posted that picture of them celebrating New Year's and he had on the Actively Black watch. I just, I, I just, I couldn't even believe it, to be honest with you. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. So talk about um, working in athletics. Yep. As far as the NAIL deals that you've signed and noticed, yeah, you, you, you tapped in with Deion Sanders and his, his people. So how'd that relationship happen and how have you been able to, you know, grow that? Yeah. Um, to be honest, the NIL stuff was something that I didn't think we would get involved in this early. Um, I knew it would be something that we'd eventually do. If I'm saying that we want to compete with the likes of Nike and Adidas and all these other brands, then we've got to be at a place where we're able to sign athletes. Um, so I'm thinking that would be year three, four, something down the line. But I saw Travis Hunter's story. I saw him uh, when he, you know, I watched the press conference when he, you know, decommitted from Florida State and decided to go to Jackson State. And I was like, that's that's somebody who represents what actively black is. If I'm telling our people to support a black-owned athleisure wear brand instead of these other ones, then this is somebody who understands that. That's literally what he did with his action. He could have went to this PWI and he decided, I'm going to take my talents to an HBCU. And I was like, I got to sign him. I, I, I need that kid. And um, man, reached out, was able to get some gear to him. Same thing, same reaction, man, that, 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 that you guys had. He was like, oh, this is legit. This ain't some dude just printing T-shirts in his garage. Like, this feels like Nike. This feels like, you know, something premium. And, you know, he understood the message and what we were trying to build actively black. He was the first one that we got that that NIL deal done. Um, but then Shiloh and Shador, they're seeing his gear. And they're like, yo, what's this? And they're asking about it. And that just turned into them wanting to, to be a part of what we were building with this brand as well. Um, so initially... Man, honestly, I was just trying to get Travis Hunter. Mm -hmm. And it led to um, Shador and Shiloh signing with us. And then um, definitely got a shout out, Deja Kelly. Um, we actually made her be the first official athlete because I wanted it to be a black woman, to be the first one that we officially signed. So um, Deja Kelly, point guard, All-American at, at North Carolina, was actually our first official athlete that we signed. Yeah, that, that sounds... Similar to the story of how Under Armour got Steph Curry when they had Bazemore and he was getting all these sneakers and Nike couldn't find out a figure what to do with Steph because he was having the ankle injuries and he was like, these guys will make you a shoe for every game and that's kind of how he got signed. So you have a, a bunch of people who have supported the brand, um, but I know a lot of times that's not always the case. And so talk about the struggles of having some people, especially influencers yep. who really don't understand the vision and not are as supportive as you yeah. think they would be when they see the vision. Yeah, um, I would say if there's anything that's that's um, pained me the most in this journey with Actively Black, it has been seeing a lot of people, some that I've looked up to, who publicly are delivering a message that, man, we're supporting black, you know, we want to support black business. And then behind the scenes, um, that's not really the case. You know what I'm saying? And so... Um, I've always thought that for for a people like us, you know, our, our culture is the most influential culture on earth. And there's so much that um, has provided value for brands that are not owned by us, by our culture. You know what I mean? You know, I wanted a Rolex growing up because that's all I, that's what I heard Biggie and Jay-Z talk about. When, you know, when you reach a certain level of success, you know, you, got, you, need, you need a Rolex. Put your Rolex in the sky. 
how, how, how much money has Rolex made over the years just because that has been embedded in our minds that that's what we need to go get when we become successful, right? And so in my mind, I was like, if we could get some of these black celebrities and influencers to champion our brands the way that they do these other European-owned brands that don't care nothing about our people, you know, if, if we turn that global influence inward, what kind of power would that give us? You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, been talking about that a long time. And so as I'm having these meetings and having these calls with some of these black celebrities, and they're like, um, yeah, I got your package, a lot of gear, but I'm not going to post it unless you pay $100,000. It's like, but you but you wearing Nike on your gram and they not paying you. You know what I'm saying? Um, you you wearing, you, you're tagging Louis and Gucci and, and all of your posts, but they're not paying you. But you're telling me that in order for you to wear my stuff and for you to give a shout out to Actively Black, I got to pay you $100,000? Like that, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense to me. So what that tells me is, even though a lot of these people are publicly portraying a certain image that they're supporting us, it's not really that support. And not only that, it also, to me, lets us know that there's still an inferiority complex, even amongst our biggest and our brightest, that we think uh, European designer is, is, is more than our own b because of who that is. Like, yo, we are the blueprint. You know what I'm saying? If you go look at even the style and, and how it's changed with even a lot of those high-end designers, they're taking inspiration from the streetwear and the things that we already made popular. You know what I'm saying? And so um, that's been disappointing. That's been highly disappointing to see a lot of those figures um, um, have a pay-for-play mentality when it comes to Black-owned, but they'll uh, endorse, not even endorse, they'll promote um, these other brands that are not owned by us for free. I feel like that, I'm um, just watching Actively Black grow. I feel like that that didn't um, discourage you. I feel like the, the game plan kind of changed or it was altered a little bit. And you could correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like it wasn't, let me go for the A-list celebrity. Let me get the entrepreneur who's doing this, their thing and let's put the, the, the merch on them. Was that like part of the marketing strategy after? Because I started seeing what, I'm looking at the people in our space. I'm like, oh, they're wearing it too. They're yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, this, honestly, the strategy, I never thought that getting my brand on a celebrity was going to was gonna build a brand. I would actually tell anybody who, especially people who are getting into this apparel space or whatever, don't let that be, don't let that be your goal. To me, the power to me was always with the people, to be honest with you. Um, those are the people who were on that site day one. Um, and have been selling out all, all of this stuff without a celebrity endorsement. Mm -hmm. So I figured if I got the people, it doesn't matter what celebrity is rocking with it or not. I got, I got the people with me and that's what's going to sustain you more than any celebrity giving you a cosign. And it has established us in a way with the people where they know we're always going to be authentic with whatever we do, whatever we say, whatever we put out. It's not going to be because of what any celebrity thinks. It's not going to be um, for any amount of money. Um, my 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 marketing. I, I don't even wouldn't even call. I wouldn't even call it a marketing strategy. It's always been about serving the people. And here's the powerful thing about it: is Nike wants you to be a walking billboard for Nike. Where the swoosh, boom, Adidas. They want you to be a walking billboard for Adidas. All of those brands want you to be walking billboards for the brand. Where I flipped it is my customers are the tribe, as I call them. They don't see themselves as walking billboards for Actively Black. They look at Actively Black as something that represents them. Mm -hmm. We're not showing you the best 
athletes in the world and the biggest celebrities in the world with the psychology of the marketing to make you think if you buy this, you're going to be 1% closer to being LeBron James. You're going to be 1% closer to being whatever celebrity it is. We're making stuff um, not for you to aspire to be anybody else. We're making stuff for you to be the best version of you. You know what I mean? So these other brands are very aspirational, actively black and active faith are inspirational. We want you to be the, the most authentic and best version of you. And the people resonate with that. So that's more powerful to me than any co-sign from any celebrity, to be honest with you. So before we wrap, talk about um, your collab with uh, Muhammad Ali's estate and uh, Marvel. Yeah, man. Um, Marvel, we, we got a chance to do a collab with Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever, that um, was a full circle moment. As you know, I'm telling the story. Part of my inspiration for creating Actively Black was seeing the first movie. I got to shout out Damon John um, because this wouldn't have happened without him. Um, Damon reached out to do a FUBU collab. And he came to LA. He's like, let's sit down and talk about it. We're talking about the FUBU collab. And he asked me, well, what else are you working on? And um, I almost didn't show him because I had created a deck of what it would look like of an Actively Black and Black Panther collab when I first launched Actively Black. I didn't have no contacts at Marvel or Disney or nothing. I just knew that the synergy and what that movie meant to me and what it stood for and what Actively Black stood for and what it meant. Um, it was just, just so much synergy there. So I created a deck, had a whole collection designed. And so I showed him the deck in the middle of the meeting. He picked up the phone and he calls the head of licensing for Marvel and Disney. And he's like, you guys need to see this right now. And, um, two days later he set up a meeting. I pitched Marvel and Disney. I showed them the deck and they were blown away. They fast tracked the whole, uh, licensing journey so that we could get stuff in time um, for, for the movie to release. And so we were able to drop um, the first of our collabs with, with, uh, with, with Marvel and Disney for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which has been absolutely amazing. It's opened up so many other doors. Now Marvel and Disney want us to take on some other properties that they own. Um, so the next up is going to be uh, Miles Morales, the Black Spider-Man. Uh. So, yeah, yeah. So so we'll be working on that next. Um, <clears throat> and then, man, the Muhammad Ali collab, another uh, just incredible opportunity uh, that we were blessed with. They actually reached out. Um, Lonnie Ali, his, his wife, uh, widow, um, she was unhappy with how some other brands um, that have had that licensing with them um, haven't fully portrayed who he was, um, which to me is, is a microcosm of what's, what happens in, in American society anyway with some of these mainstream brands. He's watered down to just be float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. You know what I mean? He's watered down to just be um, the champion that, that they are molding him uh, to be. But we all know when he was alive and when he could speak, he was one of the most hated men in white America, you know what I mean? Because of what he stood for, mm -hmm. um, because of his unflinching, um, uncompromising stance on his blackness and what he stood for. And when she saw Actively Black, she was like, this is the brand that can actually represent who my husband was in his full essence. And so when they reached out, uh, man, of course, we said yes and... Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm honored and humbled to be able to represent his legacy in a way that um, is reflective of, of who he actually was. Yeah, and I, I think, I, I mentioned this to you when uh, you had posted the the Instagram post about the potential collab that yep. you're coming in and yep. it's going to be life-changing and it's going to be legacy. Yeah. In my mind, I was going to text you, I'm like, yeah, I think he signed Kyrie Irving. 
because it it felt like somebody who had been outcast. Yeah, it felt in yep. that time, and I was like, that would be a dope collab. So for the future, of the, are you looking for you know major athletes to 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 partner with on Brandon? So I'll say this much: um, I've got a couple of NBA players whose uh, Nike and Adidas deals have ended that um, have expressed interest and want to sign with Actively Black. But one thing that I'm going to always maintain is the authenticity about who we are, what we stand for. Um, and I'll put it like this. Um, I had a meeting with, with Kyrie's team six months before all of everything that ended up happening that led to the uh, uh, Nike uh, releasing him. Um, and nobody was talking about what they're talking about now. That's the thing that's interesting to me. I've been yelling from the rooftops, hey, the same support that you're giving to Nike and everybody else, do it Do it for a black-owned brand. And black people was ignoring me. And then once Nike dropped Kyrie, then it was like, ah, oh, man, forget Nike. We need black. And I'm like, yo, I've been, I've been saying this forever. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and y'all weren't listening to me. Um, in that meeting with his team, I'm going to just be honest with you. It didn't align with what I thought it was going to align with. It wasn't about the people in the community and and everything that Actively Black stands for. The meeting didn't go the way that I thought that it would go based on what I thought that would represent. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, I'll say that much. Um, and that's no that's no that's no diss or no slight to to Kyrie. I also understand a lot of times people's teams don't accurately reflect their personal growth or what they're thinking or what they want to do at the time. Mm -hmm. So um, I have grace for that, but it didn't align with, with who we were. And, I, and I'm not going to sacrifice that for anybody. We had a, we had a Peloton deal that I pulled the plug on because they wanted us to minimize the black talk. They wanted us to minimize how bold we were. Matter of fact, it was supposed to it's supposed to be it was supposed to drop today. It was supposed to be a Black History Month collab with Peloton. And they wanted to water down who we were. And I was like, man, I'm I'm not, it's no amount of money that's gonna make me um that's gonna make me suppress who we are. You know, we're we're proud to be black. That's what this is about. It, it, the name is actively black. You know what I'm saying? Um, and because they wanted us to change some things that I thought would sacrifice the integrity of who I am and what this brand stands for, I pulled the plug on that deal. So um, with anybody that we're going to partner with or that we're going to work with or that we're going to sign, they got to understand that, you know, we're standing firm on what we, on what we are about. You know, the tagline for Active Black is there's greatness in our DNA and, and, we're unflinching in our boldness about about our blackness. So if there's anything that's gonna that's gonna uh, that's going to uh, sacrifice that integrity, we're not about it. There you have it. So how can the people buy Actively Black? Tell them the website, social media, and all that. Yeah, uh, activelyblack.com. Uh, the socials, Actively Black, on all the different socials: YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Um, you know, a lot of people think I'm crazy. Still think I'm crazy. Um, I'm gonna stop saying we're building a black Nike because what we're building is much more um has much more depth to it. It's not just another apparel brand. Um the way we give back to the community, you mentioned the five point six million that we did uh in revenue last year. We also donated over five hundred thousand dollars. That's that's almost ten percent of our revenue 
that was donated. There's no brand that's donating 10% of their overall revenue. You look at what Nike promised the black community and you actually think you actually look at the numbers of what their revenue and what their profit was and what they're actually giving back, it's less than 1%. And and we can go across the board of all these different brands mm -hmm. that have promised what they're going to do for the black community and it's really just this minimal thing that they feel like is charity. We're really about this, you know what I'm saying? Um so not only do we give back to the community, um, but what we're building is 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 bigger than just another apparel brand. Um, hopefully, I get a chance to come back and talk with you guys because there's some there's some plans with this that involve the next level, that involve Web three, that involve some of the things that we're going to be doing to make sure our community, our people, are not left behind in this new era of what's getting ready to happen in tech, um, and and how that applies to actively black. Yeah, we we appreciate you coming, man, and we saw you at Fashion Week. Yes, sir. Shout out to that. Yes, sir. New York Fashion Week. The yeah, the the first and only Black Athleisure Wear company to ha to have a, a show on, on Fashion Week. Exactly. So it's Black History, man. We're yeah, making Black History every day. Yes, sir. No, no, not not just for a month, man. Yes, sir. All right, Troy. Housekeeping items. Yeah, shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. Shout out to everybody on EYL University. Shout out to Actively Black. I am wearing my Actively Black. My brother's here with us. He works out and is actively black. Man, that's so, so shout out to you. Uh, keep supporting that. And uh, keep supporting the merch. Earn your leisure. Obviously, we got assets over liability. So shout out to the merch team. Love is love, y'all. All right, God. Thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> a mic drop. Backdrop. Backdrop. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.